basics and just share basically the premise, but let me riff a little bit because, you know, one of the great statements out of this book, I'm not going to specifically stay in the book, but which I saw as a diagnostic of what every day is like for every person here, and it says basically, hey, you and I are the dreaming of this dream. Yeah? We forget that we're dreaming. Now, that's pretty damn interesting to me. How could the dreaming forget that it's dreaming? Yeah? It's always dreaming. How could he forget it? Yeah? So, what I found is, all right, how the dreaming seemingly forgets it. In other words, it appears to the dreaming that it's forgotten. Yeah? First of all, it has to have time to do it. It would be impossible for this to seem real without time. Yeah? So you and I are the dreaming of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming. And I believe how we forget that we're dreaming is we become identified as the dreamt. Yes? And so suddenly as the dreamt, now everything that we've been given meaning as the dreaming suddenly coming through this, now suddenly we are the dreaming of the dreaming. We forget that we're dreaming. And then suddenly everything we, we're dreaming now has the ability to affect us as the dreamt. See? So basically, you can see it. Let's say there's a thought, yeah? A thought. Then there's a sense that it's your thought. Yeah. Thought, just a thought, thought, thought. Now it's held as your thought, and now the thought owns you, basically. Yeah? A, a th one of your thoughts could ruin your day. Now, if I saw the same thought as yours in my head, it would not have the ability to ruin my day. But if I held it as mine, it would have the ability. It's not the thought, yeah? It's mine dreaming. Let's at least get to the exact nature of what's happening. Or because you'll be pointing fingers at imaginary foes, really. You really will. And I mean, there's probably in this room, at least sitting here, we've experimented some of these people in this room for years in spirituality. And there's a failure in seeking for what you already are. It's bound to fail. And that's actually its greatest service. Yeah? If you spend all your time looking for what you are as what you're not, it only does, what it does, it reinforces what you're not. This is the whole thing of negation. Negation, this is not about affirming, oh, all there is is love or God or consciousness. It's just seeing, are you affirmed all day? Or how you're taking yourself to be, to be, is so. If it isn't so, maybe all you need to do is see what you're not, and you'll find out that you are what you've been looking for, but not as that which is looking. Yes? That's the whole premise. The whole premise where they all seem to meet. So the first step is negation, not affirmation. It doesn't do any good for the dreamt to hear that it's the dreaming. It will just screw freaking everything up. But it's really cool if the dreaming hears it's not the dreamt. That goes somewhere. If the dreamt tries to hear it's the one that's dreaming, it doesn't go anywhere. But if the dreaming, which is what we are, hears that it's not the dreamt, that goes somewhere. So in my view, from doing a lot of stuff and finally finding the, na the failed nature of it all, the corrections were available. Once you stopped applying the same failed system, new systems would be revealed. And so the system basically is called negation. Yeah? So non-duality, and I'll get to recovery also. Non-duality is a simple definition. Non means not, yes? And duality means two. 
So there's duality as we see things here. And then where we're seeing things here are from our, is dualism. Yeah? In other words, sometimes you feel like you're the doer. Yeah? Sometimes you feel like you're the thinker, and sometimes you're what's being thought about. Yeah? Sometimes you go home and think about someone else, so that means you're the subject. And sometimes that thinking is turned on you, and you're seen as an object. Yeah? So there's subject-objectness all day. And all that non-duality is saying is that's not true. Yeah? And the point is pointless to try to arrive at what we call conceptually oneness as two-ness. Two-ness is too big to fit into oneness. You have to see there is no two-ness, and then you find something out, yes? I've tried looking for it from two. It doesn't freaking work. And we have it in our recovery program, not in the book, but through observation of practitioners of AA, self can't get out of self. What does, what does that freaking mean? It's mean what you're identified with cannot get out of the identification as the identified. Yeah? Self can't get out of self. So what's one to do? Because there's a huge urge to get out of something. Yeah? I mean, really, it's uncomfortable, irritable, restless. I want to get out. And this is how the system reinforces itself. It will, it will allow you to go down so many exits and they're only just entrances back into it because you're wanting to be free as what you're not. That's what happened with me and my ninth year of sobriety. It struck me, and that was just a day, you know? Something that struck me, but then it found understanding in the big book, really. And the understanding came from page 64, because I said, well, just bounce and forth, you know? It doesn't, AA or not, it doesn't matter. It all leads, all, everything, Everything comes after non-duality, yes? So, so there's a statement in the big book of AA right before we do this inventory process. And basically the inventory process is you're going to look at three basic manifestations of self in one's life, not you or selves. Yeah? So this statement is very clear about separating two. It says, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, like right now, not I was convinced, or I'm going to be convinced, being convinced, it's a present tense state, that self, that self, manifested in various ways, is what has defeated us. It's an incredibly beautiful statement, because it separates us from self. It says, being convinced that self has defeated us. How? By, by manifestations. Yeah. It doesn't say being convinced that Paul, Mary, Jim, Sue, every, and naming every alcoholic manifested in various ways defeated Bill, Mary, Jim, and Sue. It doesn't say that. It says self and us. Yeah. So when I saw this statement, I saw self, the idea of self, as a foreign installment or a pathogen or a parasitical fucking idea. Yeah. I saw it as other. Yeah, clearly as clear as clear as it's never not been clear since this one day. So being convinced that self manifested in various ways, what has defeated us, we will look at its self's manifestations. All right, we're going to write it down, not talk about it, but write it down in like a four four column inventory. And we're going to start with resentment. You know, resentment means to refeel something. So we're going to write down some of our resentments, like who were we resent, what did they do to us, 
and then looking at how it affected our little instinctual agenda and then see our role in things, which is ask four simple questions. Where am I or was I selfish, self-seeking and frightened, inconsiderate and dishonest? Okay, so this is the problem though. This is the problem because when you're identified as self, when self manifests through you, you call the manifestations yours. See, it's sort of like if Stanley manifested through me as Paul, and every time one of Stanley's manifestations, like anger or shit like that, came through me, Paul called it mine. You would be in the act of being identified as Stanley, yes? You're not Stanley, but you're in the act of being identified as Stanley. See, this is the whole point. You're never, ident you're never a self. You have never, nor will you ever be a long-lasting, independent, separate thing. You're going to pass away in 80 years or whatever for you, maybe 100 years, who knows. <laughs> but there's going to be a termination point. <laughs> but the mental state is in the act of being identified as a self all day. Yeah? So it's always verbing that it's a self. So when you go into your memories, just look at your own life. See it, like all you need is five minutes. It reveals everything. Go into memories. How are you pictured in memories? As a body, yes? Could you remember yourself as spirit three years ago? Were you in Hawaii as spirit? Did you catch that big wave as spirit? Did you buy those sandals for spirit? <laughs> I don't think spirit has shoes or feet, yeah? So obviously the memories, the memory system, right, is based on you as a body. You as a doer, you as a thinker, you as a feeler, you as the, and this is so insane, it actually claims to be consciousness. It says, I am the seer, the hearer, the feeler, the taster, and the toucher, and that imaginary you has nothing to do with seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, ever. The seeing, there's so many times you didn't want to see something that you saw <laughs> because your eyes were open and you were looking in that direction. Consciousness is the basis of life, conscious contact, yes? Then the mental state comes after the con conscious contacts and says, I'm the one who's conscious. It's the, it's the robbery that happens all day, yeah? It cannot happen, but it can seem to be happening. And how it seems to be happening? Because the mental state says, you were Paul, as a body, you're definitely gonna be Paul in a body, or why would I be so worried about you Yeah, as a body? And therefore you are Paul as a body now. It can't derive its own evidence. It has to say I was and I will be, therefore I am. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the whole robbery. I have, it's no big deal, but I've seen it. I've seen it from head to toe. It's a magic trick in time. And what it does is, as a great master, you ever hear of Ramana Maharshi? Oh, Ramana Maharshi is one of my idols. He lived in diapers his whole life. It was pretty cool. <laughs> lived on a mountain, never went anywhere. Hey, miss, can you not look at the phone? Sure. Thank you, yes, please. Because we need to honor, even if you don't like it, let's honor the possibility. Yeah, so Ramana Maharshi had a beautiful statement to cut, sort of to explain the situation. And he, he puts it in, a lot of people wrote about his, his teachings, and in a lot of the books they did, this is always mentioned, 
yeah, and it's saying it in different ways, but phrased as the greatest mystery or the problem. So it had some uh, importance in his teachings. And it says there's a presupposing of a non-existent thing, yeah, which is this, yeah? This is being presupposed as non-existent thing to be what? Existing, yeah? So the consciousness is mixed up with the body. Have you ever seen anyone you knew dead if died? Didn't you have a hit that wasn't the person you thought it was? Yeah, the body is not um, enlivened. It's like, I was mistaking the body for Uncle Fred, but when I see the body without Uncle Fred in it, it was obvious he wasn't the body. Yes? Yes. Wouldn't you like to get to that point now before someone does over your casket? <laughs> About eight years? Wouldn't it be cool to know now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would, I, I'm keen on the idea. All right, so he says, just follow it. It's a beautiful statement. Presupposing, which is a, a time. So you're supposing something, but it presupposes itself. This is the trick. This is the trick. You can see it. The trick of the illusionary obscuring agent that you call you is done in time. Yeah, so it goes like this. There's a presupposing of a non-existent thing that's existing that wants to get salvation for the non-existent thing. That's its intent, yeah? And it says, if this is the case, this is beautiful, if, if, you're, if this is the case, your spiritual practices themselves are reinforcing the non-existent thing. It's beautiful, eh? If this is the case that there's a mistaken identity then all the stuff you're doing to have salvation for that which you're not is reinforcing the reality of what you're not. How can they destroy it? How can your spiritual practices destroy a non-existent thing? Yes? Now to me, when I went to talks, it was like coming into a spiritual shoe store and some people put out some ideas, like a pair of shoes, and I put my foot in, and some of them fit, and I wore, I wore it, yeah? And this one was a very powerful statement because it, when it downloaded in me, just like self, I had been, been trying to get out of self as self since I was six years old. And you can't transcend an imaginary place as an imaginary character. Even if you think this is real, still as an imaginary non-existent thing, you can't transcend it. Yeah? So he says, all right, it's so beautiful, presupposing a non-existent thing, and now that you take it to be existing, it wants salvation, of course. It wants a lot of stuff. One of them salvation. It wants salvation from itself, but as itself. This is the dilemma, yeah? It wants to have the experience of its absence, but to be there. To have it, yeah? It's a stubborn little drive. So he says, all right, then if this is the case, the spiritual practices themselves are reinforcing it, not destroying it. This fit, I've been doing a lot of meditation, doing a lot of stuff, and it ceased immediately because I realized these shoes fit, yeah? And then he, a great Zen master I heard, he's passed away, 1200, so, Hoang Po, he said, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. 
You can't use mind, big mind, to seek mind. You can't use light to seek light. You can try it for eons, nothing's going to happen. Now, if Hoang Po was here and he was looking at us, I would imagine he wouldn't be seeing us as Jill, Mary, Paul. He would be seeing us as the Buddha. So he was attempting to get through Jill to the Buddha and say to the Buddha, you can't use yourself to find yourself. The Buddha would have no trouble understanding that. What's causing the misunderstanding, you think you're hearing it. At the point of identification, you're taking, you're hearing the message, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha, so maybe you may stop doing something that's quite helpful for you as an action figure, which is Buddhism. I can't do practice Buddhism anymore, I'm using the Buddha to seek the Buddha. The message isn't for you. That's the whole point of coming here. I'm not talking to you, and it's not coming from me. I'm throwing it over your head, yeah? And I can't miss because I'm throwing it at everywhere. So I'm throwing at, hopefully at what you're not, what you are. I don't, because I know the defense system of what you're not, it will catch everything that it comes in contact with and claim to be the one who heard the message. That's what neuters the message. It's a simple thing of the lion and the sheep. It's just an incredible, simple example. So there's a lion, a mother lion and a cub and they're roaming around, and the mother lion gets killed, yeah? So now the cub is sort of orphaned, and it's roaming, it's not, it doesn't know what's going on. He sees this flock of sheep, and it starts moving towards the sheep. Now the sheep knows it's a lion, so they get a little bit anxious, but they realize it doesn't even freaking know it's a lion. So it gets ingratiated into the sheep and tries to live like a sheep, you know? And it's, it's out there chewing cud. It's not that satisfying, you know? You can't get a good chew at those incisors, you know? It's like gets its hair curled and it's sitting around. Everyone's talking about who's going to be the next sweater and, you know, everyone's worried. And it's, it just keeps trying because it doesn't know any better. And he meets another sheep, a female sheep, and they have kids. The kids look a little strange, but they rationalize that away. Oh, yeah, and then he becomes a big sheep elder, but always a little dissatisfied. He doesn't know what it is, can't put his finger on it. And then one day, they're out there eating it on the savannah, and an old lion comes out, starts running after the flock, and then it sees a young lion from the corner of its eye. It thinks it's joining the, the hunt, but then it realizes it's running with the sheep. So it veers off, and he grabs the young lion, throws it over, and the young lion goes, please, Mr. Lion, don't eat me. I'm just a humble sheep. Now, the old lion's pretty perplexed, so he just grabs the young lion by the scruff of the neck, brings him over to the water hole, puts both their heads out, and the young lion sees the reflections. Yeah, so he gets, he's a lion. Yeah? Then the old lion goes raw. It doesn't have to take three months of roaring lessons. It's a freaking lion, has the ability to roar. It's roars, yeah? Now, it didn't take any time to be what it already is. All that needed to be corrected was its idea of being a sheep. It didn't need to hear about being a lion as a sheep. It wasn't going to go anywhere. It would be used to reinforce its sheepness. It needed to hear about not being a sheep. This is where I have trouble with a lot of spiritual direction and talks. I think they try to explain and describe what we are, but what we're not is hearing it. And it doesn't go freaking anywhere. It confuses you. All you are is love, and then you see you don't seem to be all a lot of time during the day. It's very fucking frustrating, I feel. 
yeah, or your just consciousness, or you give me a break, you know, this, this, this thing, or there's no free will, this thing thinks it has free will. I mean, really, its whole basis of the whole story is as free will, and its whole story is that it's a doer. Why would you try to convince that to be something it isn't? Just see you're not that. You don't have to keep talking to the sheep, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. No, fucking explain, right, to the lion appearing as a sheep about what it is to be a sheep, and the lion will get, hey, I'm not that. Yeah, and in that, that's how you find out what you are is by seeing what you're not. That's the form, That's the vehicle of negation. It's not affirmation. We don't talk about you're the ultimate void because it sounds like the void like is in Idaho or somewhere, like a thing. No, all you need to find out is what you're not. Yeah. So here, a lot of us are trying to study what we are, know what we are, experience what we are. Just turn it to what you're not. Study what you're not. Learn what you're not. Yeah, understand what you're not. Because the only possibility you have concerning yourself is to be it, really. And I'm saying you're being it right now, but we just don't think so. Seriously. The thinking is making something that's impossible seem to be so. Well, we were just at this talk yesterday in Maryland. A guy had an eight-month-old baby. It was, the, it was the main speaker, though no one knew it. Because the kids, there's no one home. There's no person or whatever. It's just, and it's the most freaking attractive thing. Yeah, someone could come in with $40,000 worth of clothing, $30,000 worth of plastic surgery. The eyes would always go on the baby. Because it's there, completely there, because there's no one there. We grew into this freaking idea that we're something. And now we want to, even if we want to grow out of it, we want to grow out of it as the something. See, this is how everything gets, it's just a robbery, really. And I feel like every one of us, like it or not, has the right to hear a new freaking idea because you're going to be given the same old, same old. This is where you're starting, and that's where you want to arrive at. Why does it seem like the more you look, the harder it is to find? Because you are what you're looking for, and you're using what you are to look for something else. Says all the great masters, St. Francis said it, what's looking is what you're looking for. How are you going to get around that? What's looking is what you're looking for doesn't say who's looking, what's looking, yeah? And then the great masters, you know, the seeker is the sort. Yes, it's always, always, always this way. The seeker is the sort. That which you're seeking, that which you're seeking is or is that. It's already so. But see, it doesn't make any sense to this. So just see you're not this, and then shit starts making sense. So how does the obscuring occur? In recovery, you can see it. The obscuring occurs, the mental state claims. That's all it does, it claims. So conscious context happening, they're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, like all day. The mental state claims the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching to imply the seer, the hearer, the feeler, the taster, and the toucher. Yeah, that's what it does. So it derives at it being something by claiming what's actually happening. So there's thoughts happening. It claims the thoughts to imply the thinker. Yes? 
Feelings are happening. It, tell, it uses the feelings to imply a feeler. There's not a feeler that's feeling. There's feelings that are being used to imply the feeler. You see it? There's feelings happen for, they're in. And then there's a mental process that uses the feelings to imply a feeler. So that which comes after is implied or presupposed to be before. That's the robbery. So consciousness is now seen as I'm conscious. I'm the one, Paul is conscious. Give me a freaking break. <laughs> consciousness is way before the idea of you. Do allow questions. We'll do it after this a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I only allow a, a, one a year. One question a year. And on certain months. <laughs> so I'm just... so. Claiming. So how is the rep, how is claiming in English represented? The word my, yeah? My. That little feeling. So here. Here's thoughts. Thoughts, thoughts all day. Now the thoughts are claimed to imply something. Now you call them my thoughts. So each thought is pointing somewhere, yes? To the thinker, yeah? You never see the thinker. You just see the thoughts. But the thoughts imply there's a thinker. Yeah? Have you ever seen the thinker? <laughs> yeah, thoughts, yes? Feelings, 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 yeah? My feelings, my feelings, my feelings. Thousands of activities being claimed to imply the one. Yeah? It's a robbery. Thoughts, tell the difference. The difference between a thought and my thought is huge. If you could weigh thoughts, let's say you had a thousand thoughts go through, you weigh them, let's just make up a number, an ounce, yeah? So that means you travel with a thousand ounces a day. You're used to it, could be heavy, but you're used to it. All right, so now you have the same amount of thoughts, a thousand, but you add the word my to it, and now it's eight ounces each thought, yeah? So now you're carrying 500 pounds a day, yeah? Not from the thoughts, the thoughts are still a thousand thoughts, but the my has added a lot of weight to them. That's why I said I could be sitting right next to someone who's totally flipping out, listening to their thoughts, and it doesn't, there's no contagion. I don't pick it up. But if I have the same thoughts that are screwing her up, and I see them as mine, they have the ability to screw me up. It's the my. You might as well get to the exact nature of what's happening here. How are you gonna see if all you're looking is, is dispersed, you're just looking into holes. See, see what's happening. What's happening is something in the mental arena, not mind, mental, is claiming the activity is of being alive to imply the one who's alive. And so like when you were a kid, I wasn't in an abusive situation, and so I saw life as happening, basically, yeah? Was I trying to get into the moment? No. I hadn't entertained the insane, insane idea I could be out of a moment. Was I worried, will I be playing next week? No, I didn't have time set up yet. Was I asking my mother to come into my bedroom? Hey, how was I playing today, Mom? You think I'm playing? You know, none of that was going on. This all grew into it as the brain developed, yes? And suddenly what happened? Suddenly that life that is happening, it just turned into life's happening to me. It's called self-centeredness. You see everything as how it pertains to you, and it becomes the addiction, really the original addiction. 
When I, when I did drugs and alcohol, I was just trying to get out of me, really. I didn't know I was stuck by trying to get out of me as me. I mean, it's unbelievable. And if you see that as the original addiction, I did tons of cocaine, you know, in this life. I didn't, but in this life, tons of drugs. But I never thought I was cocaine. Never hit that point. No, no matter how much I did, no matter how much I loved it, and how much I would give everything I could get from you and from myself over to it, I never took myself to be cocaine. We're actually starting at that point. We're identified as the fixation of the mind. <laughs> it doesn't even get noticed until we get addicted to something else. But the addiction of all those other addictions trying to get out of this one. We're trying to get out of me as me. That's the dilemma, yeah? It keeps you eating your own tail. So this idea that I'm speaking about, I call it selfing, because I don't believe there's any nouns here at all, to tell you the truth. I don't believe nouns. I think nouns are derived by claiming verbs, really. I think there's an action, and then it's used to imply the actor. I don't think the actor stands alone without claiming actions. Just don't. I don't have, that's not how I've seen it. So I call it the selfing, which is the mental processes, when our attention, it's not ours, personal, but attention and interest goes up into the mental processes, it catches them in the act of being identified as a thing, really. Yeah? So if you go into memories, you're pictured as a thing. If you go through perceptions, you're seeing things, and you believe other things are seeing you as a thing. And if you go into the thought system, the thought system assumes you're a thing. So that's all it's talking about, yeah? So that attention and interest in the mental processes is in the act of being identified as a self. Now, there is no noun self, it's a whole verb, the act of being identified as a self, yeah? That's the verbing. That's the bondage of self. It's an activity that the mental state is in. And if our attention and interest is given over to it, we will experience its pangs and its concerns. Yes? We will take ourselves to be a thing. Mm. We will take ourselves to be the thinker, and then the thoughts can lord so much power over us. They can ruin a whole holiday. One thought. A feeling can ruin you month held as a feeler as, as the feeler yes an action you can crucify yourself for 30 years for something you thought you did especially under the influence when the step the first step says we were powerless over alcohol and drugs and to me powerless would mean you're dancing with a gorilla you're going to stop when the gorilla wants to stop yet the head is still harvesting guilt and shame from all that behavior Where's the relief there? The only way I could get freed from it is to see I was other than it. If I didn't see that, I, was, I would still be trying to be free as it. And that's what it was explained to me. I saw that sentence and I saw I was not self. I saw it as a parasitical movement or a foreign object installment or a pathogen, doesn't matter. Mind works in images. If you can picture it as other, the first possibility that arises if you see it as other is I can be free from it. 
And when I entertained that, it told me in a flash I had been trying to be free as it since I'd been about five or six years old. It explained everything in one second. And I saw exactly what those statements, self can't get out of self, explained most of my life. And you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha, explain most of my life. Or what's looking is what you're looking for, and it's through the looking for it that you're blind to it. That explains a lot of my life. Yeah. And after those things were explained, I didn't need tons of commentary or reinforcement. My mind entertained the possibilities that were available, and it led to certain places which transfer to this or translate as this as traveling lighter, basically. So I travel lighter than what I'm not for a long, long time, though. And it doesn't mean everything goes great. Doesn't mean I'm exempt from anything. It means I travel lighter through whatever life has in store for me as an action figure. People dying, I know, having whatever, cancers and shit. I can travel lighter over a thing with no thought and effort on my part. I'm more of an expression than a cause. Yeah. Something changes and this expresses the change. And it's very clear to this that it ain't the cause of the change because it had nothing freaking to do with it. Just like no human power could relieve me of alcoholism, but something relieved me of alcoholism in like a flash in March 21st, 1988. And I've never had a strong feeling or a thought about alcohol or drugs, ever. The problem does not exist for me today, yeah? And the way that stabilizes is, 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 is if you see that you're not the problem, then it doesn't exist as you anymore, and that can stabilize. If it only exists, it doesn't exist for you, it will again. Yes, you'll have moments where it won't be existing, but if it doesn't exist as you, then the freedom stabilizes, yeah? Because the root of it is being identified as what you're not. And then living from there, wanting to find yourself as something other than what you are. It's a mistaken identity. And the same, that's the same thing with AA. I don't believe obsession with self is the, the root of the problem. I think the mental state that's identified as self to reinforce the identification obsesses over itself all day. It has to keep applying a glue to make it look like it's true. And it's so amazing that the initial obsession is what claims to have all the other obsessions in your life. So obviously it's like Dracula going out to kill vampires. You never fucking question Dracula. Yeah? You don't see that that's the main obsession, is the obsession with being a someone. <laughs> that's it. That's the root of it. Yeah? And you'll know it. it's the root of it because if you get relief there, you'll get relief down the ring, the string. You will. And you'll know the tree by its fruit. And the fruit will show you something is, something is available. And in a sense, in AA, the beautiful thing is it's always available at all times, right where you are, because you are it. No matter what you're thinking or feeling, you are it. You are like this, you know, we were talking about yesterday. With the mind, what we are is sort of like a sky, yeah? Big open sky. Thousands of clouds go through it, but none of them affect the sky, do they? You can have, there'll probably be a July 4th celebration in Great Barrington, but it won't rip the sky open, will it? When, you're, when a plane's flying through the air, does it call the tower and say, I ran into a big chunk of sky? 
There's a, no. Everything happens and allow, the sky allows everything to happen in it, but it's not affected by any of it. That's what our mind is like. And all the effects are from an uncaused condition, and they're going to stop in 80 or 90 years as if they were never happened. Never happened. And they'll be dropped out tonight when you go to deep sleep. This whole thing will be erased like an etch-a-sketch, and then you wake up, and then the agitation shakes it up, and you're on another day. But there is a solution. And you'll know it if it dawns on you. You will. I mean, we don't need outside authorities. It'll be your own authority. When this hit me, it was like an unspoken yes, and it's been reverberating ever since. And here it turned into the last answer, which is a damn good answer because it negates all need for any other answer concerning this topic. So if you took a blood test and see what level of spirituality you have in me, 0.0000000. I've lost all interest in this as a topic completely. <laughs> you can take yourself out of the equation. You are... You're going to distort, as the observation, everything that's observed. That's what this does. It obscures. It's like we're a house of mirrors. We elongate, we minimize, we expand the apertures. Da, 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 da. But the aperture facing this way is always brightly opened. Yes, yeah. So, you have any questions? I can go on longer if you want, but questions? Oh, think about it, yeah. Well, Don't think too much. So. No, uh, reincarnations, like, what's your point on reincarnation? Mm, I don't believe it. I don't believe there's anyone who reincarnates. But again, this is dreaming, so there can be dreaming of reincarnation. And anything goes in dreaming. Mm -hmm. Yeah? I believe this is dreaming. I do not believe this is a dream. That would mean it's a thing. I believe it's an activity. We're dreaming. I don't believe anything happened but it all looks like it's always happening. But I don't think anything culminates into a happening here. I just don't. So, you know. But in this dreaming, whatever you can imagine can be dreamt. And I believe, you know, as Jesus says, as you believe, so it is. That's our role in dreaming. So if you believe in reincarnation, so it will be for you. If you believe that there's Aliens, so it will be. If you believe shamanism and that there's things that are feeding off of us like we feed off of cows and cattle, so it is, yes, in the dreaming. But in, ultimately for me, I don't believe the dreaming has any reality to it. I believe the dreaming is, being, is, is that which is real, is dreaming. Yeah, and we have a statement in AA to me that captures it. It says, false evidence appears real which is an acronym for fear, and I believe that's what the narration in one's head is mostly doing all day. It's presenting false evidence to that which is real, and if we believe it, it appears to be real, because that's what we're doing here. Yeah? False evidence appearing real has to be appearing real to what's real. Where else would it get a sense of reality other than be given to it by reality, which is us? Not as Paul, but as what we are, yeah? Yeah. If you read the Course, you've got to come to that conclusion. 
And there's a great thing in the course, it says, hey, get this, this is pretty interesting. Hey, the brain interprets to the potty of which it is a part. So if the brain is collating all this information, it's collating it to the body. It's seeing everything from the body's point of view. And if you're not a body, the messages you're gonna get, you will not understand. Even though you've tried for a long time to, it doesn't make any fucking sense to you. And if we were here now, and a, us as a kid came in, and saw us worrying about next week, me as Paul at four years old, we'd go, what the fuck? Let's go outside and play. No, I can't. Yes? That spirit does not understand what the hell's going on here. There's a great thing. Read on page 468. Two paragraphs. If I had it, I would use it. It's one of the greatest negations in, in The Course of Miracles. And it says, hey, denying what you are and firm in faith in what you are not, that what you're not that you have called yourself you is going to give you all the meaning of life, basically. And you won't, be, you won't see any reason to be suspicious unless you've been totally fucked. As says addict and alcoholic. And an addict and alcoholic, you will know, even through denial, that any life run on self's will, what you're not's will, will hardly be a success for the host. It won't. Yes? Has it? No. So this is a perfect description, two paragraphs of negation. It doesn't say one thing about what you are. It just talks about what we're not, because what you are needs to hear about what it's not, because it's taking itself to be that. Yeah. So if that gets clear, it will stop, or it will continue. The mental state is going to continue to imply it's you, but... All your stock will not be invested in it anymore. Your stock will now be invested in where? Here, when, now. And you'll be available and you'll never get freaking gypped. You're not gonna be in the back 40 when life's uh, packages come. You'll be ready there signing them because you'll be present and available and therefore you'll be of service. Because why? You are present and you are available. There's no need to get into a moment because you can't be out of a moment. You've never been out of any freaking moment. It's a total, total, total... It's unbelievable, really. It's unbelievable. That which is the moment thinks it has to get into the moment. It's freaking insane. Did you ever read a whole book about how to get into the moment? No, everyone just reads a few chapters. And But what is the next one? How to really get into the moment. It's freaking insane. It's an addiction. Well, I could recognize addicts, but then I started going to spiritual groups, and then I saw spiritual addiction. And it's much slimier, because no one's going to come up to you and perform an intervention. No, put the DVD down, let's go. No more satsangs, you know? No, they're going to have you go on retreat, spend 30 fucking thousand dollars, year after year, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you'll be sitting there meditating all day. They're not with you, who's ever running it. They know better. They're drinking lattes in the back and eating some raw desserts and shit. <laughs> yes, and you will go on and on and on and on. It's a perfect business plan. They can say it may take lifetimes. Can you imagine if you ordered a couch and that they told you that on the phone? Oh, the it may take lifetimes. Okay, I'll wait. No, you say, fuck, get, give me the couch and my money back. And I'm just joking, but it's, it's true. They should have a really a board to, to, to read applications for retreats. 
And if you've done 30 retreats, someone would you say, no, you know, like the suit Nazi, no retreat for you. I mean, <laughs> come on, bro. Maybe give the money to something else. If it didn't work at the 25th, it ain't working on the 31st. I had it once, I was reading a magazine, Buddhist magazine, Tricycle, beautiful, very nice color, laminated, great articles. They had an op-ed in it from a, a famous Western meditation teacher. And he was talking about this phenomena he kept having with a lot of his old students. They were all getting in touch with him and said, hey, nothing's happened. And I just pulled the fucking emergency brake on the bus and I get, get let me out. Canceled my subscription. Why am I going to keep doing for 25 years where these people just told me it doesn't fucking work? <laughs> you tell me, if I have blood pressure, it's good to meditate, but not for 13 hours. You must think you're going somewhere. If you're sitting in Thailand like I did for three weeks, not having much food, losing a pound a day, sitting for 13 hours, I wasn't doing that for maintenance of the body-brain. I was thinking I was going somewhere. That's spiritual addiction to me. It's just like in any other drug. Actually, it's worse. You can't even get a good shot. you got to wait. <laughs> okay, so the extreme is you have experienced spiritual addiction, so no wonder why your experience currently in this day, here and now, is where you are, because that is like probably one of the worst forms of addiction that there is. I've witnessed that. But I want to ask you a question. When you think of the word addiction, and when someone says, you know, they're struggling, they're on their path with addiction, whatever, do you believe that someone can spontaneously snap to it like that because they're exposed to so much surrounding trauma and heavy addiction? Do you think that that can be like such a catalyst for change for someone to snap them? Oh, it can, for uh, sure, but so can reading the phone book, really. If you're the dreaming of the dreaming, you can go any way you want. And there's a beautiful statement on the course, which is, and then you go back. It's one of the most soothing statements, at least for me, and it says, you know, we're the, you and I are the dreaming of the dreaming, or the dreaming of the dream. Yeah, and we're going to dream ourselves out of the dream. And as we do, the dream's going to get happier. So here is an activity in the dreaming, and hopefully our minds are using this to dream itself out of the dreaming. It's beautiful, really. So you don't have to deny it, negate it. Everything, as you know in AA, everything that I thought had no value has been found to have great value in use in recovery. Yeah? Everything I believe here is salvageable if surrendered to the right force. And in the course, they have the Holy Spirit. In AA, we have the higher power. In my view of that idea, the Holy Spirit is sort of, here's the information we just said that the brain is taking in and interpreting it to the body, yeah? Now, this Holy Spirit or the higher power will take the same information and interpret it to the spirit. It's unbelievable, really. What you, how you would see it from the body's view or the individual is totally different. The same information, if it's seen from the spirit's point of view, it's so beautiful, really. So there's, there's all this information being gathered 
and it, produ it produces a case, yeah? The mental state has a case against you, really. It says, you've done so many terrible things, there's no way you're ever going to get any... You know, it just has, you've been convicted, really, tons of times. And basically, we're just waiting out our sentence and trying to get some extra crumbs or whatever, really. I mean, it's the biggest hook we're all under is the hook of self, yeah? So let's say what would happen if that information that was being gathered in and collated and directed by the mental state, suddenly there was another supervisor. Let's say Holy Spirit, higher power, whatever you want to call it, just an aspect of mind, yeah, in the dreaming. Yeah, and now that mind takes the same information, but its results are totally vastly different. And then you see nothing goes to waste. There's nothing that, nothing that has not been used. Even failed systems have shown you that they're failed, which is incredibly valuable. Unbelievable, valuable to realize that systems fail you so that you'll be left with your own devices and then realize they're not your devices. Really, what you're calling your devices aren't your devices. And this idea of we manufacture our own misery, no. We provide the facility for the mental state to manufacture misery. We provide the factory, and the mental state uses it to produce misery. We're not the producer of the misery. We're the recipient of the misery. Yes? We're not the producer of the misery, in my view. So you can see it in so many beautiful ways and find the ways that trigger a sense feltness. Like to me, all the statements I use over and over again create the same sense I've had when I first read them. They're like an avalanche of sense feltness of what? Of fucking total, total absolution from all the imaginary sins, you know? There's nothing that you and I did that ever lasts a, never leaves a lasting impression on what we are. We're not that important, really. We really aren't. Yes? Doesn't the court say it, it never happened? It, it didn't ever happen. Yes. It seems to be happening. And you're already forgiven for something that never happened. Exactly. So That's really the atonement. Never... The atonement exactly. is realizing exactly. nothing happened. That's why forgiveness can't be perfect, because it, it gives a reality to something that's not real. So it leads to atonement, which is seeing that nothing ever happened, so there's nothing to forgive. So what happens? You get left exactly like you've always been. And then your head would think it arrived there, but if it thinks it arrived there, when it arrives, it says it's always been this way, so was there any arrival there? <laughs> there wasn't, so it's always been this case. And why not let a little of it in to this life? You're the, you're the portal. There's no one other than you. If it comes through someone else, you, have you ever shared and then you had an idea what you were saying and then people came up to you, I really liked what you said, and they tell you, and you're like, that was not anywhere near what I was trying to say. So you realize this, your jurisdiction is over here. I don't know what you're going to do with it, and I hope you don't fucking pin it on me either way, yeah, because I have nothing really to do with it. I'm just like a Toyota that something drove to a great barrier, Barrington, wherever, and then I unloaded something, and then now I drive somewhere else. I don't get anything out of this. That's, this, my, this body, this brain was looking for something for years. Even though I was clear nothing was happening, it still thought, I'm going to get a lot out of nothing. And then it really, a couple of years ago, it realized, hey, I'm not getting shit. There's, there's no, I mean... 
There's nothing for the action figure in this. Nothing. It can't, it can't look back and see it's ahead of somebody. It's not like that. There's not like, oh, what's new in non-duality for 2019? Nothing. It's the same, same, same. It's just always available at all times. Just stop looking for the one from the two and let the one see the two and realize it's not that. Instead of you trying to use the two to get to the one, all the while being the one. <laughs> Masquerading as two. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, what's the difference between when something lands, like certain times you say something and, and it'll land in my mind just go because I see it. It just quiets. And what's the difference between that and then when you have the aperture, you said the seventh, then the eighth? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, the aperture allows a lot of landings to become normal, ordinary. Yeah? When the aperture is small, the landing may look really big. And then mind can make a lot out of that also. Then you think you've had an epiphany. It's so funny, if you look at when epiphanies end, it usually coincides with the thought, I'm having an epiphany. You see? As soon as you show up, it seems to be over. Isn't that the fucking case? <laughs> so what would happen if you had a clarity that when that showed up it wasn't you then you wouldn't even have that really there wouldn't be that desire for an epiphany you'd realize you are what you were hoping to see in the epiphany at all times you know but not with all the fireworks see fireworks work in, with a dark night you need contrast <laughs> this isn't a contrast it isn't. It's ordinary. That's why the mind doesn't see any value in it. It's like ordinary dog shit awareness. You're not, you didn't wake up. You're inherently awake. The mental state would love to wake up because then it would be it waking up. This is you're already awake. Yeah? But you're just believing you're not, really. So then you see you're not that which is believing it ain't, and then it becomes obvious. I'm seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching with no thought or effort. You don't see, how can you not see consciousness as awakeness? It's conscious. <laughs> you know? And it's not, I'm not going to seeing classes. Or you know? do I feel, you know, am I so exhausted I've seen so much today? No, my eyes may hurt, but not that which is seen. Yeah, it has an infinite amount of, of itself, and it's demonstrating no thought or effort to be itself. Why would you believe through thought and effort you would arrive at what demonstrates no thought or effort? It seems crazy to me. Yeah, and I really believe most spirituality, if they just told the truth about it, it's for the body and the brain, and it's great. Meditation's fucking great for the nervous system and the brain. And maybe, and everyone has in a desire maybe to better the Toyota, but the Toyota is not going to be a Lamborghini. It's not a chariot of the God. I don't polish my Toyota 13 hours a day. I just make sure I can see through the windshield and it gets me where I'm going, you know? And I honor it and I maintain it, but I'm not adoring it. <laughs> and I definitely, and this poor thing cannot be the center of the universe. It's like, all that light of our mind, like a huge sun, concentrated, will burn whatever it puts itself on. Can you imagine being constantly thought of? You have kids, yeah? The amount of thoughts that you've had for your four or five kids doesn't even get close to the amount of thoughts you've had of you. <laughs> you. The obsession with self is unbelievable. It's the most gardened, the most fertilized, 
the most fucking groomed, the most, most, it is so much interest and attention has been sucked into that black hole, yeah? So that the what cannot be so can seem to be so. Give, you know, it's good to have a little break, yeah? Much ado about nothing, okay? Much ado about nothing. So with AA, it's so... See, AA is a way of life that will allow illumination to extend. Non-duality is the illuminating factor to me. But AA is a way of life. It's like when I got struck sober, if I wasn't introduced to AA the next day, that thing would have dissipated probably in two days. That surrender that turned into surrendered over time would have been gone by Wednesday probably, and I would have probably been using it on Thursday. It would have just been forgotten. But suddenly I had this download and immediately out of, out of unseen circumstances I was brought to AA the next morning. And I've been going ever since. And so AA allowed in time for this to extend. Without AA, without a way of life, without principles, it would have just dissipated like exhaust. Yeah. So this you is, do see hmm? the value. What? You do see the value transformation, that experience that you had. I saw the demonstration of it. I saw that something that my mother wanted to happen, the state wanted to happen, I wanted to happen, like me not wanting to use and drink, no human power could do it, and something brought it about. And so that something wasn't a thing to me. And that demonstration, because active alcoholism and addiction was the biggest influence in my life up until then. I've been run over twice by a car in one night through, due to alcoholism. I spent two years and three months in programs, been out of, in and out of jails. I laid in a hospital bed for 10 fucking months. You know, this thing, that parasite used me for transportation and took me on a real hellish ride. Real hellish ride. So that for something to, to appear and stop it in its tracks, Never have it to regenerate again with any power, to me, is beyond comprehension here. So that was the demonstration in this life. And then non-duality was a different kind of fruition of that which was intimated by that demonstration. There was a whole lot more. The whispers became very loud with the non-duality idea of that. Yeah? So, yeah. But do I believe I was an addict? No. Do I believe I'm recovered? No. I think there was addiction and recovery. I think everything is verbing. I do. And it's a perfect dualistic statement. Addiction, recovery, like two wings of the same butterfly. Yes? And we're all having those, yeah? Pendulum swings this way, this way. We're constantly ebbing and flowing. The action figure is in a sea of high and lows. That's what's happening. And yet we want to stop everything from moving and it's sort of like trying to get these books in a row that are on like one of those massager beds. It's just agitated. You want, you figure if I get my outside circumstances, my emotions, my finances, and my, my love, and you know, and then you reach, ah, this is working out at nine o'clock and 9.02. All the, all the conditions change because everything's volatile. There's no peace. The, no matter how hard you put the, all the blocks, they're not going to stand. Yeah? 
It's, this place comes and goes. And then we're sitting in agitation. They say a thing in Buddhism, they said uh, the Four Noble Truths. I have my little idea of that. So the first truth is there's malaise or suffering. It's like they dukkha means more like a malaise, a vague discomfort, right? So Buddha said, you know, the root of the problem is suffering, or what's causing it is desire, okay? All right, so if you see suffering as that, this malaise, yeah, and then desire is what's stirring it, yeah? So to me, the original movement of desire is the mental state's desire to become and unbecome. So the mental state wants to become a self, wants to become a thing, separate, long-lasting, independent, yeah? And then it wants to unbecome what it believes it is, which it isn't, like a loser or not lovable. So it's constantly wanting to become and unbecome, like a slinky. So one movement generates the other movement, generates the other movement, generates the other movement. So to me, that's the initial agitation. Then a great master in the faith minds, you ever read faith mind? Beautiful four-page thing in Zen. And in faith mind, he says, you can't use activity to produce stillness. That would be activity. So here's this agitation looking for peace. When it finds peace, it gets agitated around it. Yeah, because it's also in time. So when it's feeling peace today, it says, will I be feeling it tomorrow? There goes the peace, yes? So as soon as the agitation is taken to be the main proponent, it affects the whole equation. And we keep trying to change the numbers of the equation, but not the common number. And really the mathematics of this place the, the primary number isn't one, it's zero. It's nothing. Nothing is the primary number. The mental logic, the mental math is one, us. And we're trying to change all the other numbers but keep one in there. And it's not going to work. It hasn't and it's not going to. And it's not going to be more time that's going to make it work or harder effort because it's not, because you're influencing whatever you come in contact with. And you don't know how you're influencing it. You don't know how the head is using what it's seeing. All I know is it's gonna claim it, and it's gonna use it to imply you, and that you is gonna be a memory, a past, an idea. And sometimes you'll have 30 years of evidence you're not a loser, yet you'll still feel like one fucking every fucking day. So you, no matter how many times you wash here, you never get clean because what you are overrides this. You and I outshine circumstances and situations. We're giving everything all the meaning it has. I've seen it over and over again. I see people who are in recovery sitting there thinking they're not recovered, you know, because they, oh, I really like to shoot coke, but you're not. You're here, but. You know, they want to exempt the, the head one just wants you out. It just wants you out. It wants one thought to break the surface and compel an action so it can tattoo you with the consequences. It just wants you to say out loud one time to your girlfriend or boyfriend, I hate you, because you've had it come through 50 times, but you never say it. The one time you say it, you go home, drink, you forget about it, but your girlfriend has it, nor all her friends who she called. And now you're tattooed by that one thought because it got out here. Yes? I've been tattooed. This came from a thought. I got run over 38 years ago, and it still has an effect on the physicality every fucking second of every day. And it was compelled by a thought. I was already safely at home, 
There was nothing happening, a freezing cold night in Long Island. Sunday bar I had been to, only a waiter, waitress, and a bartender. I went home, 10, 30, 11, my head started going off, saying a big party may have erupted back there. So I drove back there and I never made it across the street. A guy ran me over, didn't know what he hit, so he backed up to see and he ran me over again, twice. Then I came to in a hospital bed and there's Paul in a hospital movie now for fucking 10 months in a three by seven fucking foot world. Talk, and then have you ever had it when something was happening to you and you could not take anymore? Times a thousand? That's what happened to me every fucking day. I could not take fucking anymore, and yet more kept coming. Yeah, it was just unbelievable. So I know what happens when this thing gets to come out here. Yeah, and the only and I'll tell you something: what springs it out here is when it's seen as your thought. Your thought will drive you to do shit that a thought would never do. But feeling it's your, that has the oomph because you are the power. That idea that we say in recovery, you gotta quit playing God, it doesn't work, yeah? What's playing God but the head? You wake up in the morning and the thoughts tell you what the day's gonna be. You haven't even gotten up yet. You're gonna say, oh, it's gonna suck, you know, fuck. And then you believe it and so you don't go to work and you do get fired. You're thinking, I'm gonna get fired. So then you, and then you do get fired, right? So it's playing God. This is the trouble though. So then it's that which is playing God, which I, is, I'm saying is the quickest process. Whatever you come in contact with, the selfing process is less than a second or two. That it, so if you're meditating, it's going to use the meditation to apply the meditator. So fast, I don't believe a process in time could beat it. I just don't see it. Yeah? I just don't see it. Where was I going with that, honey? You know. I know, I do. <laughs> but you know, it's funny, I've heard some of this non-dual stuff many years ago when I was in Self-Realization Fellowship, like the story about the lion, and, and then I think it was Wei Wu Wei who said the, the idea of uh, enlightenment, or personal enlightenment has to go, and it just didn't even register, you know, when I read Of course it so not, many, until it does. Until it does, right? Yeah. That's why, I'm, yeah, people call me up three years later and they thank me. <laughs> I understand it. I didn't understand it. And, you know, I was practicing, you know, doing a lot of meditation. Just never came up. I had to hear it from outside myself. And when I did hear it, though, it registered. And then I entertained it. And I stopped going to hear about it. And I just listened to what was happening. And... Um, it verified itself completely. And it, how it did, it really informed me that everything it was warning me about, I'd been in for so many years. <laughs> I was using the Buddha to seek the Buddha. I was selfing, trying to get out of self. I mean, I was guilty of it, which I'm not inherently, but yes. And it was awesome because the whole, the whole facade collapsed. It was like my spiritual pants fell down and I didn't pull them back up. I just said, fuck it, you know. Because it's not, I'm not getting out of here. <laughs> so now, <laughs> what's flooded, flooded into this place is acceptance. 
And as, as being me, I could never accept this. It'd have to be more. Yeah, it had to be better. It had to be more special. It had to be more devoted. Some, the pressure was on. The only way I got relief from it was seeing it's not me, and then the urban renewal project was canceled. It's just fucking, what you see is what you get. I'm not burning houses down. I do not need to be observed. I'm not fucking up much. <laughs> yeah, I'm not burning houses down. I'm not robbing things. I'm not lying. None of that. I mean, when I needed to be highly observant, I was. And now that I don't need to be, then you can be. But, uh, yeah. And then that head that used to be like CNN news flashes all day is like Comedy Central. It's hilarious up there. It really is what comes up. It's just unbelievable. It's pettiness and vindictiveness is hilarious if it's not really displayed. It is. It's so myopic. And it's so afraid because you know what the biggest fear it has? It's well-founded is that it doesn't exist because it doesn't. It's afraid to be found out. It's a very, it's like skirting like a cockroach. Very, 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 very afraid to come up against itself because there's nothing there, really. So we'll have you looking for a conceptual idea of the truth forever. It really, there's no problem with that. But for you to stop and ask and just look there and just see. It's like the famous, who am I? You know, ask who am I? And then people go, well, the head goes me. And then, who is that me? It's sort of like going to a door of a house and knocking on it 500 times. If no one's answered the door, it probably means there's no one home. You know what I mean? So if you look, if you look in and there's, you don't find anyone, you're probably, it's, I wouldn't be doubtful about that. There's no one home. Not as you think. <laughs> There's no way. No freaking way. So, and you're not going to lose individuality because you never had individuality. This is just individual. There's a unique little piece of broken glass that catches the light and reflects it in different weird ways. I think it's cool, really. And you'll be more of an individual when you're not one, to tell you the truth. Really, you will. You'll be let off so many fucking hooks. And what would happen if you were assured that, you know, you can't lose here, really? Yeah, you're not going to miss the boat. You're not going to be the last. You know, you know, heaven train isn't going to take off from the station without you. I would hope that would bring a certain ease and comfort in your attitude and outlook. I would think, you know, over time at least, and that you would be chilled out. Not because everything was great, but because everything is everything, really. And you are that. So I don't feel like uh, there's any pressure, yeah, about that. So, mm. And the great thing is I talked, I used to share a lot in AA, I used to do workshops. And back then it was so obvious that it had nothing to do with me. It was sort of more like a hose and water, yeah. And I could just, no matter what the hose's condition was, if it was willing to be used, the water would come through. And I used to do this one workshop every Monday night for over 16 years, I think. So that's 52 Mondays. And I was out of the country, but I would say at least five and a half years of Mondays. That's a lot of Mondays. And in all those Mondays, I was in a lot of different conditions, you know, sinus infections, no money, girlfriend just left waiting to hear if I have AIDS and this shit. And yet I just went 
there, sat there, and something came through every time. And when it was, all those pressing things were totally forgotten in that hour, completely, as if they never existed, because they didn't without me. Without me, they don't exist. And me was taken up by that water, and therefore they did not exist. They only get existence from me. Yeah, they're not inherently so. So all those years, they made big impressions on me because I swear, two minutes before, I was totally fucked. And then I was lost. I lost it all, and then it would come back. But after a while, it's something stabilized, and the, that experience seemed so rich, became empty, and like, like all of it, like all the experience would, that would have been a super high spiritual experience just became another empty thing just like these, giving these talks. But I've come to appreciate that emptiness now because I think most people are addicted to experience also. It's, made, it's one of the major ones. And this isn't an experience. You cannot experience what you are as what you are. You can't. You can experience what you are, you know, as what it's not appearing, yeah? But you cannot experience what you are. You can't know it. You can't be it. You can only be it. You can't understand it. You can't. You can think, you know, but it doesn't... You're untouchable, even by you. So. Would, would you call sometimes the states of selfing um, joy or peace? You don't label it at all, but... No, the, no the selfing you? isn't it. Selfing... See, this is what happens, because I get a lot of people get in touch with me after they get an understanding, and they go, oh, oh, Paul, I've been selfing all day. Yeah. Or they say, selfing's been driving me crazy. I said, no, that's not it. It's the feeling of being the one that's selfing or the one that's driven crazy. Yes? Right. So this one guy did it beautifully. He says, all right, Paul, I've heard you a lot. He says, okay, let's say, let's call selfing Pauling. And, all right, so how much is Paul Pauling on a good day, like 40%, you know? And then on a bad day, 90%, and he went on with this whole idea, and I said, no, 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 no. There's Pauling that implies the Paul. See, and he was a perfect illustration because he was at the after of that. The Pauling had already implied the Paul, and he was seeing Paul was doing the Pauling, yes? It's the perfect illustration, what I'm trying to say with time. He took that which came after to be before. So there's Pauling that's used to imply the Paul. And then he spoke as if he was Paul and describing what he was doing as Pauling. You see? That's it. That's the perfect illustration. It's a trick in time. So the verbing is claimed to imply the noun. And then the noun gets captured by what comes after. Yes. It's a trippy little thing. It's like a bad deal with the devil. You get to be the thinker and the doer and the haver, but you also get to sense the incredible loss and be fucked by one thought. Yeah? That's a... And really, the payoff isn't worth the cost, to tell you the truth. I mean, you'll be special and right, but you'll be alone, probably. <laughs> I don't know how valuable that is. <laughs> but when you get enough space, you can just see the selfing. Yeah, sure. And of you course, know it's not you. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because you are what's before as right. the seeing. So you're seeing that. It yeah. comes afterwards. You're seeing what comes after. Yeah. And if if you see what comes after, it's obvious it can't be that which is seeing, which is before. So you get to see what you're not. And getting to see what you're not implies what you are. That's what happens. Instead of forgetting what you're not and everything else being used to imply what you're not, you see right, what you're not being implied from what you are. Yeah. And then... it's agitated, like really agitated, you still see it? I mean, when it's really agitated, if it gets murky, then you get you go into you know skillful means. It's sort of like here, one level everything's clear. Another level you could be in. There's the house is on fire, yeah, and so you don't want to hear that there's no house and there's no fire when you're really experienced the house on fire. You need to know where a pail of water is, with the hopes that when the fire is put out, you may ask the person, isn't it sort of funny you're at a lot of fires? Or maybe you're like the fire starter, I don't know, you know what I mean? <laughs> you can sort of lead them to see their role in things. But yeah, don't try to use non-duality like a skillful means. It doesn't work. Just, you know, if, if, if you feel like you're fucked, then do something to get a little relief. Yeah? Can I ask you something about the accident, yeah. the, the physical trauma. So did that in any way help? Um, like, I mean, because your body, you're trapped. You, you, it's not like you can escape and go do something else and take up time in your, in your mind. Um, you're sort of trapped, so yes. you kind of have to deal with it. Um, yeah. did, that, did that help you in any way to... to it sure like, didn't seem like it at the time. Yeah, I'm sure it was awful. Really tell the truth, it didn't. It's just like, you know, we talk about powerlessness in AA. I really experienced powerlessness there. I don't know how much I needed to, I guess I did. But to not even, you know, they basically didn't even tell you they were going to operate, really. You just got wheeled in and out, and you used to tell that you were, had another operation because the bandage locations, they changed. And then you'd have to ask them, what, what happened? Oh, your hip, or whatever, you know? And uh, most of the doctors would come and not even look at your head. They were very interested in my leg. That's, and the funny thing is, the accident was so bad, it had a great result because it was so bad, they... They airlifted me from the hospital they first took me to and put me, brought me to a teaching hospital. So they used me, they had big portfolios of me and they experimented on me, which saved my leg. So the worst thing happened and the best thing came out of it. I got incredible care. But it was just very impersonal because the doctors don't have a good bedside manner. I fell in love with the nurses. But the doctors really barely even looked at you as a person. They were just interested in the leg. And so, I don't know why. I can't make anything out of it. I just, you know, I went to hellish realms, for sure. I don't know if I want to record this, honey, this part. I'll tell you, you have a minute? I'll share. I went into some incredible realms there. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to, because then people go, wow. I want to know about.